dust and breath me on Welcome to This Good Word, where every week we look at one single word in an endless discovery of reclaiming what's holy about our humanity. My name is Steve Weens. I'm a pastor, I'm a writer, and I'm a father of three crazy boys. My hope with this podcast is to create an environment where you can continually discover who you actually are in the world. So feel free to check out my website at steveweens.com, S-T-E-V-E-W-I-E-N-S.com, where you can find links to my blog, to purchase my book, which is called Beginnings, The First Seven Days of the Rest of Your Life, and also links to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Howdy, friends. This Good Word, episode 43. The word this week is courage. I am with Amber Salas, uh, a new favorite blogger of mine. She blogs at ambersalas.com, A-M-B-E-R-S-A-L-H-U-S.com, or did I shave my legs for this? And She's funny. She's hilarious. She's deep. She's irreverent. And you're going to find out why I dig this woman so much uh, after you listen to my conversation with her. But we're talking courage. So before we get into that, I just want to remind you, Sobriety and Spirit, my event with Seth Haynes and Matt Moberg here in the beautiful city of St. Paul, June 25th. Uh, it is pay what you can, ladies and gentlemen. So $39 is the suggested price. It's, it's what we anticipate it'll cost us if we get a certain amount of people, but we just want you to be there. So if you can pay five bucks, great. If you can pay 40 bucks, great. Uh, you can sign up on the show notes or just go to steveweens.com slash events. Uh, it's for anyone who's struggling with any kind of addiction. Seth will be the main speaker. He's going to be speaking about uh, primarily his history with sobriety and addiction he wrote about it in his fantastic book, Coming Clean. You're going to want to pick up that book if you haven't, regardless of whether or not you come to Sobriety and Spirit. But I really hope that you check it out. I hope that you register and come. And uh, on steveweens.com slash events, there's all the FAQ about where to stay for hotels and all that stuff. So please get in on that. And without further ado... Uh, we're going to get into this conversation I had with Amber, and you're going to see why, again, this woman is fantastic. We're talking courage. Hi, Amber. Hi, Steve. Oh, my gosh. I have been waiting. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Uh, when I got a hold of your writing, and I don't even know how I did. I don't even know how I came across your, your blog, but it is so funny. It is, I mean, number one, it makes me laugh every time I read it. Number two... Um, it just gives me permission to like breathe and be myself. So um, I will I will encourage all of you readers to get on her blog, ambersalus.com, A-M-B-E-R-S-A-L-H-U-S.com. Did I shave my legs for this is her handle on Instagram. <laughs> it's the name of her blog. It's so good. Um, so Amber's a writer. Uh, she blogs at ambersalis.com. She's so funny, so good. She's a mom of Bella and Jackson. She has a husband of 13 years. She's a movie buff. She is maybe an obsessive overshare, Amber. Is that right? I mean, that's self-proclaimed. Yeah, so. I mean, let's all be real here. I'm a bit of a blurter. I just kind <laughs> of, I just, I just like to share my heart and my feelings and my thoughts. And sometimes it's a little bit unfiltered, but that's just how I roll. Well, we will test that theory out on on this, you know, over the next 45 minutes or so, Amber, uh, because I do not edit these things. We just record and publish is what we do. So overshare away. You so maybe... this could get real dicey real fast. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> but also, I you know, as I did my research on you, 
you are one of these people that's also obsessive about bins in your home, correct? Yes. I am a compulsive organizer. I mean, like, do you have a bin that, like, if you had a bin big enough to hold bins, would you label that bin, like, container of bins, like, bin for bins? Yes. Yeah. Would you do no, that, in fact? This is a real problem for me. Like, I have so many bins for organizing <laughs> that I need to, like, have bins for my bins. In fact, it's spring cleaning in my daughter's room. She has a clothes closet and a toys closet. And we got rid of, like, 90% of the stuff in there, and it was all empty bins. Like, yes. I'm going to someday. No, I'm not. I'm no. really not. Now, another question on that, because so certainly you have a label maker. I don't. Oh my gosh. Okay. I know. I just Sharpie it. Who am I even? You know, you might be, you might not be a total addict then because my wife, Mary, who will listen to this and then yell at me, but it's true. She's an obsessive bin person, but she has like two. uh, I mean, she has like a, uh, like a, a label maker and then like a satellite label maker that goes with her places, I think. Oh, I mean, dang. Really, yeah. So, satellite maker. I didn't even know that was a thing. There's probably room to grow, Amber. I mean, there might be <laughs> room right. to grow. I'm just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily prescribing that for you. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, you, I'm inspired. You, <laughs> you could enjoy even more. All right. So let's dive in. Uh, so I so the first question is favorites, right? So give me your favorite movie these days. And I know it's hard, you're a movie buff, but these days, favorite movie. Oh, snap. Well, I feel like I have a top five rotation that's just always at the top of the list. Um, and they're kind of oldies, but goodies. Um, Almost Famous is a major favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Any of the funny... Funny SNL people movies, Adam Sandler, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Those are always at the top for me. I loved Sisters. That was out recently. Um, What else? Any John Cusack movie, Say Anything, that has like a special place in my heart. That's like kind of part of the story of how my husband and I got together. So love John Cusack. Love those 80s movies. Yeah, okay. those are some of my favorites, always. Say Anything, such a brilliant movie. What what was he trying to become? I, I, it's been so long, but what was his like? What was his professional goal to become a... Uh, he doesn't want to buy anything bought or processed. <laughs> he doesn't want to process anything bought or sold. He doesn't want to sell anything. <laughs> Something like that. Yes, and then wasn't he like not like a kickboxer, but some sort of an ultimate fighting machine or something like that? What didn't he want uh, to become? Yeah, I forget what exactly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh, right. it's so classic. All right, favorite food. Your foodie favorite food these days, or one of your favorite foods? Well, I love to cook. I'm actually a big, I'm, I'm big on cooking, and I love to cook Italian food when we're at home. Um, but I mean, let's all be real here when, when we're out and about and it's after soccer practice, I mean, I love me some Taco Bell. Get it's some no Taco secret. Bell. I've written a whole post about how to order Taco Bell. I mean, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I've been eating there my whole life and I'm kind of an expert. There is a system. There are Taco Bell food groups. There's, there's a right and a wrong way to order your Taco Bell. All right. I mean, launch into that for a little bit, because I think I think the readers, not the readers, the listeners of this good work. Yeah. I mean, I think some of them just might be closet or overt Taco Bell addicts. So I will link the the blog that you just mentioned on the show notes. But just walk us into a little bit of like the Taco Bell food groups. Like what are what are okay. those, Amber? I'm glad you asked this, Steve. <laughs> and, I, and let me just preface this by saying, I mean, I'm not proud, but it is <laughs> like I know it's not cool to love Taco Bell. It's not good for me, but I mean, don't fight the funk. So no, don't fight it. You gotta, your you gotta Taco fly Bell the crazy flag. Are, you've got your meat items, okay. your bean items, yep. your crunchy shell, and your soft shell. Mm. You got four food groups, and you're gonna need to fulfill all four of your food groups in one visit. Now, isn't there a thing? that has both a hard shell and a tough shell, a soft shell in the same thing? Like, is that a chalupa or something like that? What is that? Oh, double decker. The double decker. Double decker is my jam. And if you're in a pinch and you're trying to get all four of your Taco Bell food groups in one item, double decker's for you. The double decker. Oh right my up. gosh. So we got the food groups with the beans, meat, soft shell, and hard shell. Is that the four food groups? Did I, did I get that right? No, no. You know. 
Yeah, you're ready. Okay, good. Then I can I can graduate to maybe now. (laughs) I I I told you this before we were talking. Yeah. uh, Before we pressed record, but I actually, uh, but the the listeners don't know the listeners. That sounds so lame. The listeners. It's like Like, your dirty little dark secret. Yeah. But I used to work at Taco Bell in (laughs) high school, and I almost got fired actually from Taco Bell because me and this guy whose name I forgot. We were so bored. We were working the drive-through that we, and this was 1988. I mean, this is this is the 80s. This is high school. Uh, I we we wrote on random napkins like "Come back for a free medium Pepsi." Come back for a free four bean burritos. Come back for a free. Yeah. And so, and, and we brought like a bunch of these, and so um, people started coming back, and and they would like talk into the monitor which yeah. was loud enough for everyone in the at least the back area to hear like yeah i have a napkin here that says you know come <laughs> yeah. back for a free chalupa even though That's there was no chalupa <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and honestly our manager got so mad like pulled us aside and said that's coming out of your paycheck. And I'm like, okay, that 49 cent medium. Pepsi right. I mean, right God, that that's was me. you're killing me. <laughs> when it was only 59 cents still, yes. right? That was 59 cents. That's right. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Anyway, enough about that silly stuff. Um, all right. Favorite, favorite book these days, Amber. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, so many. The last two books that I read that really made me laugh out loud hard were um, both of Mindy Kaling's books. Yeah. I love her. She's uh, so is funny. Everybody Hanging Out Without Me? And yeah. Other Concerns. And then Why Not Me? And I feel like, I don't know, I love to read. I'm an avid reader, but I'm kind of um, high maintenance as a reader. Like, I, I'm not easily pleased or entertained. There's only, like, you know, certain books that really um make me laugh and I love to laugh I love to read books all the time for other reasons self-help and fiction and whatever but to laugh um yeah she's definitely one of the last authors that really got me and I love her because she's like she's humble but she has gumption yeah like she she owns who she is and she's able to laugh about it but she's also very unapologetic about the fact that she believes in herself and I love that I dig that so much I do too. Um, I haven't read her books, um, but I like her. I like her. At first, in, in the office, I, she bugged the crap out of me. But, me too. But then you realize, like, she's actually this brilliant actor who knows how to play a character that that well that you sort of hate her, but she yeah. herself is brilliant, right? I saw her as Kelly Kapoor on The Office. I thought I couldn't stand her. And then when I read her books, I'm like her biggest fan. She's hilarious. You've got to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay, let's go quick into this, and then I want to dive into some more serious questions, actually, which may or may not <laughs> yeah. be serious. But um, so I read Tina Fey's book, which I loved, yeah. and then I read Amy Poehler's book. I actually listened to Amy Poehler's book because she's so funny, and I'm interested to know which one you liked better. I liked Tina's book better. I, I thought they were both um, really good, and I liked Amy's book because it was – I found it a little bit more inspirational. Yeah. Uh, Tina's book, I feel like I just laughed a little bit more. And so for me, that's like pure gold. But I loved them both. I would definitely recommend them both. I like how we sort of talked about them there as if they were our friends. You know, Tina's book or Amy's book? I mean, which one? I mean, when I was hanging out with Amy, I told her <laughs> I love the stories about, you know, her pregnancy, her childhood. I mean, her, you know, yeah. I, I, anyway, blah, blah, blah. I, I like her. Say it again. I said, can I make a confession right here? Please. I've had two recurring dreams in my life. And one of my recurring dreams is, <laughs> this is so true. It's not even funny. I mean, it is. But one of my recurring dreams is um, I'm flying in from an airport somewhere. I've had this like six times probably in my life, in my adult life. I'm flying in from an airport somewhere because I'm, you know, doing something glamorous and traveling and I lead some kind of an exciting life. And my friend Angie, who's like my dear friend from college. and Hi, Angie. I hope you're listening to this. Yes, she will listen for sure. She's one of the funnest people. So she's coming to pick me up from the airport and she pulls up to get me and I'm like, you know, lugging my bags out. And she rolls down the window and she's like, surprise. And Amy Poehler's in the back seat. <laughs> and they're like, hi, get in. And so we just, they drive me home and all the dream is, is that we laugh hysterically the whole way home. Like I always knew that we would, like deep in my heart, 
I knew we would. So, yeah, okay. I feel like we should be friends. Have you ever lucid dreamed? Like, do you know what lucid dreaming is? Have you no. ever heard of that? So I, I've, I, every once in a while I can almost move into this, but lucid dreaming is when you're dreaming and you're really into your dream, but then suddenly you realize it's a dream. But yeah. then you're still in the dream. So you can you can't quite Like you wake up? No, you don't wake up. That's the beautiful like look it up. Lucid dreaming, it's a thing. So like you're aware that you're dreaming, but you're still in your dream. So there's a way like you can't totally control it, but you can stay in it. So like if you could lucid dream that recurring dream, you could go to Taco Bell with Amy Paul. <laughs> you could hear I, her. Yeah, it's so yes. You That's need to Google goal. lucid dreaming, Amber, okay. because I feel as though you might just, you might be able to get into that and it's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's kind of a thing. All I'm right. going to take our dream to the next level. Yeah. You know, so we're going to do bins. We're going to do, well, you're already doing bins. We're going to do label makers as, you know, a next step for you. And yes. then we're going to work on lucid dreaming because I feel like it's This is good. good. You're helping me with my goal setting. This is good. All right. So, um. My next question that I wrote down, which here's all my questions. Okay. Uh, so faith is an important part of your life. Um, yes. That's the first thing you write about in your About Me section on your website. Um, I'm a believer. Um, I see everything through the Jesus lens. And say more about that. I love that. Of course, I'm a pastor, so I definitely um, resonate with you on that. Not yeah. everyone does, and and some people, even listeners, um, man, Jesus, you know, Jesus is almost like a weird buzzword that equals rabid evangelical Trump supporters that make no sense. So, talk, right. to, talk to me, <laughs> yeah, talk to me about your journey with your faith and how you grew up and and what it looks like now. Yeah, so I actually grew up as a pastor's kid. Okay. Which it's funny because as an adult now, I don't feel like that's a huge part of my identity. I mean, it definitely had a major impact on my faith and it shaped me as I grew up in a lot of really amazing, positive ways and a couple of interesting ways. Um, but it's funny because I feel like when people find out that I'm a pastor's kid, it's like, it's a major thing for them. They're like, oh, and then yeah. there's always like a foregone conclusion, especially like, in high school and in junior high, I noticed that a lot. It was, I kind of bounced around schools a lot. I did private school, I did public school. And um, when I got back to public school in my sophomore year, it was like, oh, she's a pastor's kid. Oh, uh, yeah. So people always either expected me to be either just super judgmental, like goody good, uptight, whatever, cliche, or they <laughs> expected me to be like the opposite end of the spectrum, like, I don't know, like, wearing black lace gloves and like smoking <laughs> behind the school and I'd be in some kind of a renegade, which I wasn't really either. I was just sort of disappointingly regular, I guess. But I grew up a pastor's kid and um, I asked the Lord into my heart when I was like four years old. So I was really young, but I actually remember it. And I feel like it was something that was real for me. Yep. And um, pretty much have walked with the Lord my whole life. I went to Bible college <laughs> down yes. into, yeah, Bible college kid for sure. Um, and I feel like it's just been, I mean, it's been interesting. There's been seasons of my faith of, you know, asking different questions and sort of reshaping and reassessing things as an adult, but I don't feel like I've ever had a season yet anyway where i'm like is god real what does it all mean yeah not to say that won't ever happen but yeah that's faith is my faith is definitely a huge factor for me in my life and in my writing and in my planning and raising my kids and doing marriage and all of that beautiful beautiful um i want, might want to ask some more about that later but we're so the word we're looking at today that we agreed on uh, was courage, right? And so I'd like to ask you, how do you define courage? Um, I mean, for me, I feel like it's feeling the fear and saying yes anyways. Whoa, I love that. Say it again. Say it again. Feeling the fear and saying yes anyways. I feel like I'm in a season right now of my life where this is just like, <laughs> this is pretty much the running theme for me right now. Um, and I actually, I do a, a word of the year every year. I'm sure you've heard of that. I feel yeah. like 
kind of becoming this cliche played out thing, but I don't really care. I mean, for me, I feel like it's, it really works. And I think that there's something really honest about sort of, you know, as you're wrapping up one year and starting another year, really kind of getting honest with yourself and with God and kind of taking stock and figuring out where you're at and where you're headed. (laughs) And I've done it for like the last five years. And this year, I just kind of prayerfully decided that my word was going to be yes. I just felt like God was telling me, especially just in regards to writing and taking risks and really starting to just go for it, like, just say yes and like, see where we wind up. Because I, I tend to be dictated a lot by fear and my comfort zone and not wanting to do things that make me uncomfortable. And I'm just kind of like at a place where I, I'm over that. I don't, I'm sick of that. Love that. What do you think brought you to that point? Like 2016 comes January 1st, you've been doing this word thing. You've, you've been experiencing some fear. And I think there's something about fear. So this is maybe question A before question B. There's something about fear that like it controls you for a while. And then I love what Elizabeth Gilbert says about it is that like you can't you can't beat it down to where it doesn't ever appear. You almost have to like let it ride with you in the car. It just can't drive or it can't. Yes, you know, yes. Uh, on your back but it drives you crazy but you just sort of get used to it you know yeah so like how did you cross the threshold from because maybe there was a time in your life when it controlled you right when it did drive the car but 2016 rolls around and you go no i'm 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 not gonna let it rule me i'm gonna say yes so how do you think you got there um Well, that's an interesting question. And I feel like it actually has a little bit uh, to do with my word of the year last year um, for all of 2015 was romance. And and I felt like God was just calling me to like step out into a romance with him and Mm -hmm. to really just focus on him. And and that sounds so cheesy. I know, but it's real. (laughs) And it was interesting because as I as I did that and was faithful to kind of pursue a romance with God, I feel like that's when he really started to pull this like writing dream out of my heart. And it was when I really started to get more serious about blogging. And so as I was wrapping up 2015 and kind of going, okay, I really think I want to do this. I really feel like it makes me come alive and I need to do this. But I was just still like paralyzed half the time. It was like I would go to write something and I would overthink it and I would overanalyze it. And because I'm such a blurter and a person with no chill, it's like I love I would that always... post. By the way, that was a great, great post. The one the how yeah. to have zero chill. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So no, all about that. <laughs> um, but I would, I would really, I let fear dictate me a lot, and it was like I was sort of caught in this agonizing trap of like wanting to just go for it and have the guts, but not quite being able to a lot of the time. And so as I kind of was trying to figure out what my word for 2016 would be, I just felt like God was just whispering, like, just like say yes to the things I'm putting in your path, like the scary things and the new things and the bigger than you could imagine things and the smaller than you could imagine things. And Like, just say yes and see what happens, you know? And it's been an interesting, I mean, it's only May. And I feel like God has totally, like, called my bluff. Yeah. (laughs) There's been a lot of things, you know, like speaking engagements and things that I would normally just be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. That I found myself doing because I'm saying yes. So it's interesting. Well, I think it is interesting because in, so let's talk about your book because several months ago, I don't know how long ago it was, maybe two months ago, uh, you posted this beautiful post that it's time. It's just time to say it out loud. It's time to say it in public. You're going to write a book. So in, I mean, I was a blogger before I was an author and I remember, I mean, blogging is vulnerable enough anyway, and I think it takes a lot of discipline writing a book is a whole other thing. So how did you get there? And how does that relate to your journey of yes this year? Yeah. So 
really all of the last couple of years that I've been blogging, I've just been kind of really focused on that and content with that. And just like, I'm going to set myself to this work right here. And that's all I was really focused on. Um, But really, since the beginning of this year, I feel like this whole dream of writing a book, I feel like it just sort of like tapped me on the shoulder and just went like, boo, Like it was always there. I didn't really always acknowledge it or see it. And it, it was kind of something that was like in the back of my own heart and my own mind. And then it just seemed like there was this period of time for a few months where literally every conversation I had, every church service, every whatever, it was like, people were just like, well, you know, you're supposed to write a book, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I was too terrified to really acknowledge that or admit that I even want to do it because it's like it lies too close to my heart you know and I'm a super established blogger I mean I've only been doing this for a couple of years and I realize how hard it is and that writing a book is a whole different beast than blog writing and I realize that I feel like for me right now at this point to say like, I want to write a book. It's like saying like, I'm going to move to Hollywood and be an actress. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I said in that blog post, it feels like trying to just like launch yourself at the moon without a rocket, like just literally hurl your body there and hope you hope you land there. But I feel like it just kept coming across my path and I kept like, it got to a point where I kind of couldn't ignore it anymore. And um, I actually had a a literary agent reach out to me a couple of times and just, hey, I found your blog. I think it's great. Have you thought about writing a book? And I kind of like avoided talking to her because I was just like, I knew once I did that it would just make it real for me. And once it's real, I'm responsible for it. Yeah. And I don't want to fail at it. You know, I mean, that's a very real fear for me right now. But I ended up having a conversation with her and she was just so kind and gracious. And I feel like that conversation really sparked something in me. And it's not like we've, you know, signed a contract and agreed to like run away together, (laughs) but, (laughs) but it's definitely like, I'm at the point where I've decided and I know that I do want to write a book and I'm starting to work on it. It's still definitely like the very early stages I'm working on the sample chapters, getting ready to do the book proposal, which is which is no small feat from what I understand. These book proposals are no joke, right? It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I, I would say they really help. Actually, doing the hard work of writing the book proposal really helps. Um, it really helps you structure your book and structure what you want to do. It, it helps you be disciplined. I think it really yeah. helped me. So a lot of work. It, it uh, takes takes a long time and rewrites and stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it might save time once once that's done and once it gets accepted by a publisher, you have a contract, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then you have this framework that you can start really going from, is my experience. Yeah. So really, that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. It's something that and if, if I was smart, I probably just would have kept it to myself that I want to write a book. But again, it's like that's just not... I don't have the ability to just like keep things in. I'm just like, wow, this is what's going on. I have, I want to like talk about it with people. And, but that's kind of how I am on my blog. Like I really just kind of bring my readers along with wherever I'm at. And I find that those are the posts that people usually connect with the most anyways. Yeah, I would agree. It seems like, and I've read, you know, a bunch of your stuff that you're, you're honing in on a real consistent voice which is a really incredible gift to give to your readers because it's not like, and it doesn't seem like you're poking around and trying to, you know, clickbait the the coolest topic. You just you're talking about your life. You're keeping it real. You have a real consistent voice, and I think that's you know. And then you find your audience. I mean, like I love your writing, and I'll keep reading it because I know what I'm going to get. You know, versus some writers, um, and this is just part of the journey, right, of writing. I mean, but like unless you found your jam. It's, it's hard to build an audience because no, yeah. one, no one knows what that they're going to get when they, you know, am I going to get a self-help, you know, post? Am I going to get a three steps to whatever post? Am I going to get a funny post? <laughs> you know, so. Um, how many more of those? I mean, I'm only an expert on two things and I've already written about both of them, which is how to have zero chill and how to order Taco Bell. So other than that, <laughs> it's pretty much just like, I feel like my main goal in writing is, 
I mean, I want to make room for people for, for my reader to have like that me too moment and like the vulnerable, you know, chance to connect. But, but mostly I just want to like laugh at life and be sarcastic and be like, Hey, it's okay. If sometimes marriage is hard and it's okay. If sometimes you feel like your kids are being jerks, but like, let's laugh about it and do better. And, you know, I feel like it's mostly, um, humor with heart is, is where I connect with my reader. Yeah. I think that's well said. All right. So, um, let's get, we're going to get back to writing, uh, in a little bit later, but, uh, what, where else are you feeling like you're needing to amp up the courage in your life right now? Is it with your kids in your marriage? Is it, you know, in that somewhere else? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, always with kids in marriage, I feel like yeah, <laughs> you can all totally. the in the courage department, but, um, I've been in an interesting season too, of just really stepping outside of my comfort zone as far as um, my friendships go. And I mean, I live in a small town. I said that earlier. And I I have a really close group of rad women that are my really close friends. And we do life together. And we, you know, we've walked each other through marriage and motherhood and all that stuff. But we all are really similar. You know, we have similar beliefs and similar lifestyles and that's all great, but I've been kind of in an interesting season of just like shaking it up a little bit and, and finding and discovering new friendships that I would have never expected with people that are totally different from me. And I love it. It like, it feeds my soul, you know? So I feel like that's an area where I'm, I am and could definitely more be a little bit courageous. Yeah. Beautiful. So what about your kids? Like, how are you trying to, and are you trying to instill courage in them? And if so, how, how do you do that? Uh, yes, definitely. And it's kind of funny because, um, actually today, my daughter, my nine-year-old is auditioning for the like talent show at the elementary school. I mean, in her world, that's a big deal. You know, both my kids are fairly shy, like sensitive kids. But um, but they also have like the best sense of humor, which I love. But um, yeah, I think I try to do that just by example, even with pursuing writing and doing some of the things that I've been doing this last year with public speaking and stuff. I've had conversations with my daughter, Bella, who's nine about, you know, will you pray for mommy? I'm a little bit nervous about that. And and she sees me being, you know, feeling the fear and saying yes anyway. And I hope that that will have a positive effect on her. Yeah, <laughs> so. oh, it, you know it will. You know it is. You know it does. Um, and I think there is something about just modeling doing it, you know, doing yeah. it with fear, saying yes anyway, and then even processing a little bit with your kids. I mean, you know, I think there's an over probably processing, but I, I, I totally agree. I think when my kid, I have three boys, and when they see me doing something hard, um, they'll kind of ask me about that, you know, and they'll say, Daddy, um, how was it like to read a book or to write a book, you know? And, yeah. and, um, and I'll actually engage with them on that. And or, Daddy, how is it like to preach in front of all those people? You know, and, and so um, I do think there's a modeling courage and then a debriefing that 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 it's like teaching while doing. Um, it's it's like another way of taking them along with you on that journey. Um, and exactly. Yeah. They feel the weight of those things anyways. Like kids aren't dumb. Right. And you know, they live in the same house with you and they can pick up on when you're stressed or when you're anxious or when you're nervous or excited. And so it's opened up some really cool doors to have those conversations with them lately. I mean, my son, he's six. Most of it kind of goes over his head, but (laughs) he's there. Yeah. All right. So here's a question, Amber. What is the opposite of courage for you? Oh, blurg. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Blurg. Blurg. Uh, The opposite of courage would just be being ruled by fear. Yeah. Letting it paralyze you, letting it hold you back and kind of suck the life out of you. I feel like that's the opposite of courage for me. I mean, it's probably different for a lot of people, but... (laughs) I'm not sure that it that it is. I mean, I think that's a great answer. I'm not sure that it is uh, different. You know, um, 
I think when you feel called to do something, when you feel pulled to do something, and then you don't do it, there's that bitter taste of ashes in your mouth, the regret, the, oh my gosh, why didn't I? There's even a shame associated with that, which yeah. I think we need to have some empathy with ourselves, you know, because we all have things that we maybe could have done but didn't do. We can't do everything. But I think there's a there's a real tangible sense of loss when we can look back and go, dang it, why didn't I at least try, you know? Yes. I have to try. Like I have to at least even if I fail miserably and crash and burn, if I think about not pursuing this and writing this book and trying it, like that would just kill me. That would just leave me with like such a hollow, regretful feeling more so like that's if I'm looking at the lesser of two evils, like I'd rather just do it and and like fail miserably, but know that I tried then always wonder, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's the classic Daring Greatly quote from Teddy Roosevelt or whoever it was, you know, it's not the critic who counts, it's the person who's in the middle of the arena, dust and sweat and blood on them, and because at least they, if they went down, they went down Daring Greatly. I love that, Brene Brown. Um, um, but I also, you know, I think there's, there's, there's something to failing, too, that, like, um, it hurt. It sucks to fail, you know. So like, we can romanticize failure. Like, at least I tried, tried, and I failed. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I've had some stuff in my life where it's like, ouch. I mean, that really sucks for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I still, I still think that's better than what if. You know, what if I never tried that? And so we have this thing that we say around my circle of friends is try, fail, learn. Right. So there's trying and then there's inevitable failing. But if failure turns to learning, then it still sucks. But but then you're going to do it a little differently next time. Right. right. So. And even if you fail the first time around, you can come back and do it better. You totally, know, totally. And I would say even if you succeed the first time around, you can come around and do it again and do it better. I mean, so oh, mic drop. Yeah, I mean, there's always um, an improving. There's always a, a growing, a becoming, right? Isn't there? I mean, isn't, isn't isn't that part of courage? It's like the courage to become, the courage to be a human being, which is endlessly uh, complex and hopefully growing toward becoming more of ourselves infinitely, right? Well, and I feel like it's always in flux. It's not like, oh, well, I have my courage now, so rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, got that. <laughs> Like, no, I mean, it's just this always changing thing. We're growing. Our lives are changing. There's always going to be something that requires courage, you know? I mean, we can ignore it. We cannot participate in it, but that's no fun. No fun. I agree. All right. So let's say, let's get back to writing for a second. Are you cool with that, okay. Amber? Yeah. Uh, let's say there's a listener out there and they're not quite where you are, right? They haven't talked to an agent. They haven't even really started blogging. Um, they just know they want to write. They've gotten some feedback about the writing they've done that's, that people enjoy. It's good. What would you say to them about, you know, having the fear but saying yes anyway? What would you tell them? Um, just to dive in, like, just start. There's never going to be an easy time, a perfect time. You're never going to feel ready. I mean, even I've been blogging for a few years and I look back at some of the posts I wrote even a year and a half ago and I just like, oh, like I cringe. But I mean, I think that's a good thing. Like you should always be able to look back and see, oh, look, I've grown from there. Like you always want to have something to cringe about, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> And so I think you just have to start, like just practice. It took me a while to figure out my voice and to figure out who my reader was and what we connect about. But you don't, you won't know unless you just start and really not to overthink it. Because I think as writers, we get so far inside our own head sometimes that we just like, sometimes we just need to get over ourselves and just like, do do it. Write a funny post if you want. Write a serious post if you want. Write a list post about your favorite, like, movies or whatever. You never know what people will connect with. I've been shocked sometimes. Like, I'll write something just kind of off the cuff, like, 
well, this is ridiculous, but whatever. And then those are the ones that people are like, oh my gosh, me too. I love Taco Bell too, or whatever, you know? (laughs) I have no chill either. Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. I think that's great advice. Just do it. Just do some writing. Uh, Write whatever you want. Write whatever comes to you. Just write. Just get it down on paper. Be willing to learn, yeah. Yeah, right. And connect. I mean, I would add connect with other bloggers you like. You know, I mean, I think one of the things that I've um, found that's been so amazing, even in the podcasting realm, is I just keep reaching out to a bunch of people. Like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And most of them say yes. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like most people, the people that I wouldn't think would say yes or wouldn't have the time or whatever, they say yes. And so, you know, I I would say reach out to some of your favorite bloggers and say. Hey, you know, I'd love to now, you know, if you reach out to Jen Hatmaker, chances are you're probably not going to hear back from her, right? You know, so let's, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's find some bloggers that maybe have a little, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe she will, maybe she would, but, but, but reach out to someone that, you know, that you like reading and have a conversation or ask to guest post or, you know, see if they can, you can guest post on theirs. I mean, that's that's sort of how I kind of learned yeah. how to do it. I mean, and I've you know. been really blown away by the writing community and just I feel like I it's some of the kindest, most generous souls I've ever encountered. I mean, I I did something similar recently. I reached out to one of my like favorite authors and I was like she's not going to respond yeah. to this. There's and she totally did. And she was so gracious and awesome and funny and warm. And I think one of the things that's given me the most courage in the last year has been reaching out to other people and kind of finding community because writing is such an isolating hobby and you're alone, hunched over your computer in your own little corner of the internet. You kind of feel like you're the only person who's having this struggle or this dream or whatever. And um, I've joined a couple of communities in the last year. I joined Clumsy Bloggers with my friend uh, Micah. Do you know Micah? What's your last name? Micah Murray. Oh, oh, yeah. He's in Minneapolis. Yeah, I absolutely know Micah. Yeah. So he has Clumsy Bloggers. I I joined the group, learned a ton about blogging and just kind of the technical and the creative end of it. And um, I joined Hope Writers with um, Emily Freeman, Michaelin Smith. Brian Dixon and their dad, Gary. And that has been an amazing resource for me. It's like, you can really like sit in a room with these writers that you totally respect and ask them questions and spill your guts. And they, they answer you and they're gracious and they have all kinds of resources and tools and how to write a book proposal and how to do a webinar or whatever, you know, but, but the thing I've, come away with the most from that is just other relationships I mean there's like I have a couple of friendships from these groups of people that I talk to almost every day we read and edit each other's work we do you know collaborate on things and that has been a huge source of courage for me that is awesome and I totally agree so clumsy bloggers what was the name of the second group that you were talking about Hope writers. Hope writers. Okay, I'm gonna include this on the show notes, everybody. Um, and I just, I that is fantastic. I think I have totally found the same, the same thing that because I think writing is lonely, and I think we all deal with. I mean, I even emailed you a couple times, like ah, beginnings. Bleh, I just feel so crappy about it or whatever. Um, and because I think we 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 all feel like that, you know. Like I I, I don't. I haven't met yet a writer who doesn't struggle with insecurity, who doesn't struggle with comparing their work to someone else's, who on on their honest days are disappointed with, you know, the work that they've put out, at least the response to it. And so, you know, I mean, I'm not to... I'm not trying to paint it as like this community of desperately <laughs> disappointed people. I, I don't I don't think it is that. But I think right. because it's such a vulnerable thing, you know, yes. like when you do reach out, you don't at least I haven't gotten it sounds like you haven't gotten either, like, oh no, I've never you know, my book went New York Times bestseller without even trying and I don't even know how I did that. And oh I wrote it like on the back of napkins in like two days and oh it, yeah. was, it was great. Oh no, I, I hardly edited it at all. I mean you know, like no, and instead we sort of like anything that's worth anything, and that 
that it needs our heart on the page, um, I think it helps to have fellow travelers that have been broken down along the same side of the road that you have. Sure. I mean, I always, I always joke and say that I think writers are like the most insecure. I mean, we were maybe worse than actors. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's we're an insecure bunch because it's like when you're writing with blogging and book writing or whatever, if it's nonfiction, it's like, it's yourself that you're putting out there. And so it's really hard to kind of set it free in the world and then totally separate yourself from your expectations of it. And, and then it's like, how do you define success and how do you define failure? And I mean, it's all, it's all kind of tied up in this one big complicated thing, but yeah, finding other people who are having the same dream and having the same struggles has been paramount for me. Yeah. Fantastic. Love that. Well, I'm going to put both of those clumsy bloggers in. Micah Murray is great. He's a great writer, uh, a good dude. Um, I don't know him very well, but I've, I've met him a time or two, and we've actually been trying to schedule a time to hang out, um, and we have not yeah. done that yet. But So that's my keen reminder. Um, and then hope writers. Um, so I think any anyone that is trying to write, um, I would say the world needs like some kind of beauty enters the world when a person has the courage to say yes to creating their art, whether that be, you know, painting, filmmaking, music making, writing, I think something in the fabric of the world grows like stronger and better when we individuals have the courage to, to put our heart out there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, and being willing to go first. I mean, nobody ever wants to go first in anything because it's scary. But when you go first or, you know, next, maybe not first, but it makes room for other people to go, oh, well, I think, yeah, I think I have a dream too. And maybe what if I start to pursue that? What would happen? You know? Totally. Totally. And I think the success failure thing is just something to ride the roller coaster of, right? You're going to feel success when your blog post gets shared a bunch and you're going to feel failure when it doesn't or when your first, you know, you get your first rejection from an agent or, you know, we've all had that. I mean, it's like, yep, there we go. I mean, um, if there yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, so, and I think people are a little shocked by, you know, we've all heard the stories of like Paolo Coelho, the alchemist, you know, it only sold 800 copies for the first 10 years, you know, like, but, and, and, and yet we think our work is gonna, you know, well, I'm not gonna, and that's not gonna happen to me. My, right. you know, my work is amazing. Right. Uh, it's much <laughs> better than that. Um, so I think there's a humility in saying I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm also going to experience moments of exhilarating joy because I'm just doing it. You know, I'm writing, I'm, I'm putting it out there I'm publishing uh, blog posts or whatever. So. And really, I think if you're a writer at heart, the actual writing is really what feeds my soul. I mean, sure, it's great when I get a message or an email or somebody shares my post or likes it or comments on it and connects with it. That feels great. But really, just the craft of writing is is what I love and what makes me come alive. And so it's like, yes, you want to, you know, take the necessary steps and you want to have success if you can and experience failures when you need to. But Really, if you fall in love with just the craft of it, that can be enough, to, I think, to carry you through some of those highs and lows. Well, definitely. And I think it needs to or else you'd quit writing. You know, right. I mean, I, I mean, and maybe lots of people do because you just don't get enough of the other thing to to sustain you. Right. I mean, because most of the time, yeah, you are you're sitting in front of your keyboard or your notepad and you're writing. And if that doesn't bring joy, if that doesn't bring a sense of like, I love this when a sentence comes together, you know, like when it, yeah. like I remember this one time I was just sitting on the deck and the sentence just floated down to me. And I was like, oh, wait, you know, and I wrote it down in my, on my phone actually, because that's the yeah. closest thing I get. And, um, and I'm still waiting to use it. And that was like months ago. So I'm just waiting. But you for know the, you will. You no, know I know. Yeah. It's, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Amber, I think we're running out of time. Um, Anything that you wished I would have asked you that, that I didn't? Oh, snap. Um, no, I feel like we covered all the bases. 
Well, we talked bins. We talked Taco Bell. We talked Courage a lot. What else is there, even? Oh, my gosh. We we, we, we covered it. We covered Tina Fey versus Amy, Amy Poehler. We covered Lucid Dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> so but good. I feel like there shouldn't be a Tina Fey versus Amy I know. I feel like, you know, together, dynamic duo, right? False binary. Dualism yes. gets us again. We don't need to bifurcate those two. Yeah. Um, they're, they're joy incarnate. So, Amy, I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> totally is. She's totally obsessed with yeah, us, Steve. Please obsessed. forgive us. Forgive us. Uh, we will take you out for Taco Bell the next time we're in Oregon. Okay? Uh, with Amber. All right, you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Amber, thank you. Really, thank you so much for coming on board um, to this good word. So fun. I knew I was going to laugh. I knew I was going to get inspired and I have done both of those things. So, um, I can't wait. I loved it. Thank you. Pleasure is all mine. Yeah. Can't wait to keep reading. So again, everybody read ambersalis.com. Did I shave my legs for this? You could probably also Google that and you would find her, but A-M-B-E-R-S-A-L-H-U-S.com. I will put, um, links to a couple of my, of my favorite blogs that she's written on the show notes. I'll also include clumsy bloggers and hope writers, and I'll include something about Taco Bell on the show notes, which will just be a, a, a just a gift. A, a mystery gift. surprise. It might be a 59 cent coupon to get free. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a napkin that says free taco. Might be a link to an application, uh, you know, employment application. So who knows? Um, at the end of every podcast, um, I say this mantra that, that I developed and um, that I actually love. So I'm, I'm going to say it at the end of this one, too. So we are dust and breath, and we are human and holy. We are limited and limitless, and we are in it together. Thanks, Amber, so much. And I'm sure we will stay connected because I Thank love you. your stuff. Talk soon.